The Texas school shooting through the lens of the Great Reset. You're listening to the Propaganda Report podcast. I'm Brad Binkley. I wanted to drop a quick episode this weekend since this upcoming Monday is a holiday, Memorial Day. And I wanted to talk briefly about the Texas high school shooting through the lens of the Great Reset and highlight how some of the reactions to the shooting are being guided either directly or indirectly by these ESG standards that the World Economic Forum hopes to impose upon the planet. The details of the shooting I'm not going to address in this show. They keep changing daily, and I expect that they will continue to change for a good while, so I'm not going to talk about those for now. Before diving into that, though, I want to ask you guys a question for patrons. I'm going to set up a Zoom roundtable, and I'll also put a post on Patreon. What topics or subjects are of interest to you all right now that might be a worthy roundtable to get together, a Zoom party, whatever you want to call it. But what we do in these Zoom roundtables, I like to call them roundtables, is we try to organize people who have insight about certain subjects. Oftentimes, it's it's members of the Propaganda Report Patreon community. And we have a discussion on Zoom, just just for us. It's not publicly so we don't blast it publicly so we we keep it private and we just have a discussion where we where we learn from each other things about you know we've done them about homeschooling in the past we've done them about privacy we've had some cybersecurity experts come in and talk and we've done them about not being blackpilled about seeing the opportunities and all of this mess we did one where we discussed crypto so any number of subjects we look for people to come in and we just have a conversation about it and see how everybody's feeling about it i'm setting one of those up and i'm interested in what you guys are what's on your mind right now let me know and i'll also put a link in patreon asking the same thing or a post all right i've been talking a lot about ESG standards lately. I played some clips during the XR this past Thursday on the subject, a couple of which I will play again here today because the audio issues we had Thursday might have made it hard to hear some of the stuff that was being said. So ESG standards are basically a social credit-like scoring system for corporations that rewards companies who push the progressive agenda on issues like climate change, social inequality, racism, vaccine mandates, the war in Ukraine, or any other issue on that agenda. The more progressive policies that a corporation implements and the more woke virtue signals a corporation makes in the aftermath of some controversial news story or during some crisis, the higher that company's ESG score will be. And the higher that company's ESG score, the more access to the billions of dollars worth of ESG-linked funding that company will have. Funding that comes from World Economic Forum-aligned banking institutions and investors. Now, on top of that, companies with high ESG scores are publicly praised, held up as a shining light and great example of what a socially responsible company who puts people and planet over profits looks like. Meanwhile, companies with low ESG scores who are not trying to force progressive values onto the planet through the power of their corporation, they are cut off from the woke financing that has been linked to all these ESG metrics. And they are also often harassed by woke online mobs and sometimes even in person by progressive activists who organize protest. This is how the World Economic Forum wants to govern society after the Great Reset. Through these global corporations, this is useful to them for a variety of reasons, one being that the power and influence of these corporations span the globe, another being that corporations can accomplish what governments often can't, and they can affect social change much faster than governments can. For example, a judge blocked Joe Biden's federal vaccine mandate, but that judge couldn't do anything about major corporations who decided to mandate them anyway, even for remote workers in some cases. Another example would be how Amazon and other companies announced pro-abortion policies for employees in the aftermath of the 
Roe v. Wade Supreme Court, quote, leaked story, or how while the government was still debating the Ukraine aid and sanctions against Russia in the immediate aftermath when the war broke out, major corporations led the way in punishing Russia by publicly announcing that they no longer be doing business in Russia, to which the media then shamed those companies who did not fall in line and also make public announcements stating the same thing. These actions are all actions that pump up ESG scores for these World Economic Forum-aligned companies and get them access to all of that ESG-linked financing. They are enabled to move faster through the corporations because corporations are not slowed by the democratic process and all its deliberations. This is why they love China and they model themselves off of China so much because democracy does not get in their way. And it also enables them to subvert the rights of the public without running afoul of the Constitution because the change is being affected by corporations and not government policy. The idea being that by controlling the behavior of these corporations with ESG standards, you can then shape and control the societies that depend on and are heavily influenced by them. So whenever something becomes a major news story and the subject of an intense public debate like mandates, vaccines, abortions, Ukraine, racism, climate change, and in this case, a school shooting, it's not the truth of the matter that these corporations are concerned with in responding to these events. It's responding in a way that demonstrates their allegiance to the Great Reset's progressive agenda so that they can then pump up their ESG scores and make sure that they have access to all that money. All right, I'm going to play you a couple of clips from a Davos panel on the need for global ESG standards so that you can hear the way that these World Economic Forum-aligned leaders think about ESG and what they're currently doing to help transform society and the global economy through this ESG social credit score-like mechanism. And then I'm going to point out a couple of the reactions to this Texas high school shooting that I've seen that are, in my opinion, driven by this ESG model. This first clip is from a Davos panel discussion on redefining the U.S. in a changing world. Speaking is a guy named Thomas Donnellan. He is the chairman of BlackRock Investment Institute. He also served as a national security advisor for President Barack Obama. In the clip, he is talking about how extraordinary the effort to basically commit economic warfare against Russia has been. And he highlights how the companies, the corporations kind of led the way and he talks about ESG very briefly. It's a very eye-opening clip when you see how he views the impact that ESG has had. Part of this effort has been uh, to deny Russia the benefits of, of the global economy. That's essentially, I think, Madam Secretary, kind of the, 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 the idea, which is to basically deny this actor, right, who has behaved in the most atrocious ways, the benefits of being a member of kind of the globalized and financial system in the world. And we organize that, right? And that shows you the power of the global financial system, uh, if it's organized, but it's not unilateral. This is one of the most, I'll say one thing, it's, you can never, these sanctions uh, can't be implemented effectively unilaterally, right? It has to be kind of the, the, the entire West has had to kind of get behind this. And for companies, uh, I think you're exactly right. We say one of the surprises, at least for me, and I think for lots of people, is that six or 700 companies who were not mandated to get out got out of Russia or suspended operations. I think that's because of the kind of the ESG right now. The S has become a really important piece of this in terms of reputation. And the last thing I'll say as you referenced it is that this will get a lot of attention, I think, in the East, uh, where other countries you know, who, may have, who may have disagreements, who may have uh, with the West, will think hard about what the, the, what, the, what the West is able to muster. That's what it's all about right there when it comes to ESG standards is the financial institutions, the corporations on their own volition, not mandated, 
they take it upon themselves to boycott Russia, to step out of Russia because of the influence of the S and the ESG standards, the reputation. They're so worried about their reputation and how a negative reputation would affect their score, which would then make it harder for them to get financing and then also subject them to public shaming and pressure. They don't want to become known as a pro-Russian business because that's how they will be reported on as. Look at this pro-Russian business who is still giving money to the Russian economy. And they don't want that because they worry of the devastation it could cause to their their business. So they take it upon themselves to make sure they pull out of Russia so they can pump up that ESG score. Now, the next clip is from the CEO of Bank of America. He's also the chair of the World Economic Forum's International Business Council. His name is Brian Mohan, and he talks about why he thinks Klaus's transformation of society using ESG cannot be walked back. Now, they don't all agree on this point. This guy is a little more enthusiastic than others are. Some of the others admit that their plan isn't fully working, but this guy is fully bought in. And he believes that Klaus's plan after 50 years is coming to fruition. Brian, let me start by asking you, since you were the early mover as far as the WEF's ESG IBC Council was concerned, do you fear that given the volatility and the turbulence the global economy is faced with today, that we're going to see a setback or an acceleration uh, on ESG? So thank you. And uh, no, I don't feel there'll be a setback. And so we can stop with that answer or we can go uh, more broadly. But the reality is that Operating companies have made commitments uh, you know, along multiple dimensions. And so uh, you know, when a company makes a commitment and their customers, their employees, their shareholders, their, the societies they operate in see that commitment, you, know, it, you can't just say, oh, it's inconvenient right now. And so those commitments are longstanding. It goes to who the companies are and what they are. Um, and so you know, if you think about the, the International Business Council, you know, over the last three years, we started developing metrics that we thought were common enough across industry where material would cause the consolidation of the thought process of the multiple metrics, uh, but more importantly, statements of what capitalism can do to solve what the world needs from us. The SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals, you know, say this is what the world wants from us. We have a tagline in our advertising, what would you like the power to do? The world told us in, in a number of years ago. 190 countries, whatever it was, said, this is what we need. It takes $6 trillion to finance those a year. People have debates with six, eight, but there's some big number. And the only way you're going to do it is to take charity can't do it, not enough money. Wonderful, not enough money. Governments don't have the fiscal capacity. Capitalism has to do it. And stakeholder capitalism is the definition. The metrics measure that. They're against those SDGs. 140 companies adopting it. So how can they go backwards? They've told, you know, they've, they've, they're in our annual report. They're in other people. Say, how, can, how can they say, oh, this, you know, there's a disruption. We've got to walk. It's, it goes to the core of who those companies are and how to do it. And Klaus, with his leadership over 50 years, you know, it's all come together. So I don't see there's a way you can walk away from it because your customers won't let you. Your employees won't walk. Your shareholders shouldn't, won't let you. And by the way, society won't let you. So he thinks that it can't be walked back because of the public commitments that these companies have made and that their employees have relied on it to go work with them. And their customers are choosing them because of this, which might be true in some cases. But the opposite of that is also true in that people are choosing not to work with these companies because these companies are trying to force progressive values onto people. This guy is ignoring an entire portion of society, which is a lot of people. It's not like it's not like most people agree with this guy. These elites make it seem that way because they control the communications mechanisms, but 
Most people, I think, disagree with what these elites are trying to push, and they are ignoring all those people who disagree with that. And in those, those parts of society, there are competing organizations rising up specifically against this agenda that this group of people with purchasing power are going to. So I think he's a little overly optimistic about that plan, but that is how they think about it, is they use these ESG standards to get these commitments to then coerce these companies and basically blackmail them or not blackmail them, bribe them like moth, like they're a mafia to get them on board to force an agenda that they probably otherwise would not try and force down. The next dude talking who is not as confident as the previous guy, his name is Alan Yoke. He's the CEO of Unilever. And he's talking about some of the problems standing in the way of the ESG model. I did play this clip in the XR on Thursday, but it's an important clip because he really, really highlights what they see as the problem that they need to solve, that's standing in their way, their main obstacle to imposing these progressive values on everyone. Um, well, Unilever has been fairly advanced on this idea of reporting non-financial performance, um, <clears throat> planetary footprint, social footprint for 20 years now. So we want to be at the leading edge of this. But I think we're at a point of great danger right now. Um, we are in danger of letting uh, perfect get in the way of good, of letting complex get in the way of simple, and of letting local get in the way of global. Because uh, the work that Brian led brilliantly in the IBC has pulled together 160 companies from multiple sectors around a relatively simple and measurable and reportable set of standards. The professional work uh, that Emmanuel's leading is uh, exactly how you take uh, the IBC work and, and take it to a professional standard setting, but we are in danger of different jurisdictions setting extremely onerous standards that are different from each other. And that would be a setback, not a step forward for ESG metrics. A couple of things stand out to me about that clip. The first one is where he says that we're in danger of not letting locals stand in the way of global. Think about that. This group wants to set a global set of ESG metrics, a social credit score that's designed to impose these progressive values on the entire planet. And he's saying one of the things standing in their way are locales whose companies and culture operate on a different value system than theirs. Maybe one that is not down with this progressive agenda. So there is no power of locales to govern themselves, to make their own decisions under their model, under their ideal model anyway. Under their ideal model, the choice of how to operate and what values to operate on is removed, is taken away from you, it's taken away from your county, from your local government, and is put in the hands of these globalists who sit up on their perches in the sky at Davos and try and create world policy from afar with no understanding of you, no understanding of your culture. That's how they want to guide decisions. They want to strip away the uniqueness of the towns and communities around the world and implement this system of values that not everybody agrees on. In fact, most people don't agree on. All right. So with that in mind, ESG-minded actions from companies and from representatives of companies like Steve Kerr, the Golden State Warriors coach, which I'll talk about in a minute, or the San Francisco's Giants coach, people who represent corporations and therefore the influence that they have. I look for ESG-minded statements and actions in the aftermath of these events, because these events are the opportunities for these corporations to demonstrate their ability to lead the transformation of society that Klaus and his buddies hope to affect 
through the corporations. And as I mentioned before, we saw this in the corporate response to the vaccine mandate being rejected. We saw this in the corporate response to the Supreme Court abortion story, and we saw this in the corporate response to the Ukraine war when it initially started. And now we're seeing this. We see it on every issue to a certain extent, if you are looking for it. And we're seeing it here, the beginning of it anyway, in response, in corporations' response to the Texas high school shooting. And I believe we will see more of it in the, in the coming weeks. How can a company pump up their ESG score in the wake of a school shooting or in the wake of whatever the issue is? That's a question that I ask myself and that I kind of pay attention to when it comes to the, the news reporting about the actions companies are taking. So one way they can do this is simply to speak out publicly against the NRA. Virtue signals affect the S and the ESG because it impacts the reputational score, as the dude mentioned in the clip a little while ago. And we saw a number of people, really everybody, either spoke out against the NSA, remained quiet. Some people even pulled out of that meeting that they were having or that event, and and they aren't going to speak. But others doubled down because they know by doubling down in their support of the ESG or the, uh, excuse me, of the NRA, that they will get the support of people who oppose this agenda that ESG is trying to push through. Another way to demonstrate your allegiance with the Great Reset and the ESG standards and try and pump up that score is to do what the New York Yankees and the Tampa Bay Devil Rays did, which both, both of which are a business, very wealthy one, did on Thursday night in lieu of what they usually do during baseball games. Tampa Bay was playing the Yankees, and what the Twitter accounts usually do is they usually give play-by-play updates of the game, and they maybe jab or mess with the other team's Twitter account playfully. And it's not usually a place, a political arena, but that was different on Thursday. Their Twitter accounts were turned into a political arena. Announcements were made prior to the game that they would not be doing the typical commentary about the game. Instead, what they would be doing was they would be talking about gun violence in America. And they both put a a similar statement out. And then throughout the course of the entire game, they both posted the exact same facts from the exact same sources. So it was a coordinated effort. And it was very biased in the favor of the progressive idea of gun control. Here's an example of something that the Tampa Bay Twitter said during the game on Thursday night. They said that its organization stands committed to actionable change and has made a $50,000 commitment to every town for gun safety's support fund. And they said that rather than their usual coverage on social media tonight, they've partnered with every town to amplify facts about gun violence in America. Every town, this is not what they said, this is what every town is. They are a progressive gun organization that was founded by Michael Bloomberg, who is often accused, a Democrat, a liberal, often accused of promoting the confiscation of guns from law-abiding citizens. This is a very progressive-driven organization, and... They are the ones that partner with Tampa Bay and who Tampa Bay is giving 50K to and relying on their information to promote using their Twitter accounts. Also, the Yankees, millions of followers between the two of them. So throughout the game, they posted all of that stuff. That is an action for your ESG score. Now, whether they said, let's do this ESG action, I don't know. But somebody along the chain helped them understand. Because if you watch these Davos discussions, they talk about the ways that they get companies and corporations to get on board with this. As they sit them down, they educate them about the importance of it. And these companies rely on their authoritative expertise in the world of financing. And they believe them when they tell them you're, you're going to get more support if you take these social justice actions. That's basically what they say. They basically control the information. They indoctrinate people through consultants, 
essentially. Another action that is an example of an ESG action is San Francisco Giants manager Gabe Kepler. He came out and he said over the weekend that he's not okay with the state of this country. He told reporters before Friday's game that moving forward, he does not plan on taking the field for the national anthem until he feels better about the direction of the country and that he needs more time to consider specific actions he might suggest to help prevent more tragedies of this type such as stronger gun control laws. Here's his quote. Every time I place my hand over my heart and remove my hat, I'm participating in a self-congratulatory glorification of the only country where these mass shootings take place. So if you look at his Twitter feed, you can also see that he has a history of progressive activism. And then we also had Goldman Sachs CEO David Solomon, who called for politicians to act now following the rash of mass shootings at schools in recent weeks. Now, this is just the beginning. So on top of that, what we have is a number of articles calling for other business leaders to step up and do what the CEO of Goldman Sachs and what the Giants manager, the Twitter for Tampa Bay and New York to step up and do what they did. For example, one article, and there's a number of these. CEOs from CNN. CEOs are silent on guns. They must speak up in a loud chorus. And of course, they cite the guy they always cite in these articles, which is Yale's Jeff Sonnenfield, who tracks all of these companies that pull out of Russia or don't pull out of Russia. He's like the watchdog of wokeness that the World Economic Forum cites all the time. And so do all these other articles. They always cite the same people and they're always biased in favor of the progressive agenda. Here is a little passage from that CNN article. Corporate America has faced growing pressure from employees and shareholders to act socially responsible. Many companies have recently taken stands on hot-button concerns, including abortion rights, unconscious bias in the workplace, gender equality, LGBTQ issues, voting rights, and the preservation of democracy. Right, because the preservation of democracy has anything to do with this essentially global fascism agenda that they are pushing. But that is the stuff that they are looking to corporate America to lead on, and they are bribing them with ESG-linked finances to get them to do it. All right, that's all I want to talk about. I guess this is like my Great Reset Watch update. I could do like a series, the Great Reset Watch series. This would be part of that if I were doing one of those, tracking how businesses are being pressured into going along with the Great Reset using ESG and the actions they are taking to signal that they're on board. With that said, while there are corporations that are on board with this ESG model of the World Economic Forum, there are far more that are not on board with it, that oppose it. These companies just do not get as much attention as the others. They even address these companies in this panel discussion, and they talk about ways that they do try and get them on board with it. They, they do try and educate these companies, but that these companies don't agree with it. They don't see the benefit of it. And they talk about how, especially the one company, Unilever, that CEO, he talks about how his company has been doing this for 20 years, trying to create and implement ESG standards and these values throughout the clients and customers that they work with, but that they're struggling and that they're one of the best in the world at doing it. And yet they are still struggling to implement this stuff across their sector. So that to me is hopeful that the company that's been doing this longer than anybody else is admitting that they are struggling to do it. So for me, that is hope. And there's also hope in knowing that there's far more corporations and far more people that do stand up and do reject this ESG model. And the more that people reject it and continue to speak out, the more that others will feel empowered to do the same 
and rise up against it as well. Thank you for listening. Have a fantastic Memorial Day, and I'll talk to you later this week.